When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Conquering Heroes. We're glad to be up and running um, here as we will continue to bring you as much as we possibly can about what's going on in the University of Michigan Athletic Department. Hopefully everybody's going to be up and running soon, but this month we're going to be focused a lot on Black History Month, and today we are joined by a few members of the men's soccer team, uh, led by head coach Shaka Daly, two seniors, Carlos Tellez and Captain Umar Farouk Osman, as well as sophomore Ryan Schultz. So stay tuned as we get a deep dive into what Black History Month means to them and why we are celebrating it here on Conquering Heroes. Welcome to your one-stop podcast for all things Michigan athletics. Updates on every team on campus and interviews with players and coaches are all on the way. This is Conquering Heroes. Here's your host, John Jensen. Welcome back to Conquering Heroes. Uh, we've had a little bit of a layoff because we haven't had uh, much to talk about, but now that sports were up and running and there's a little bit of a pause, uh, we're joined by some members of the soccer team uh, here at the University of Michigan. Uh, head coach Shaka Daly is with us, as well as two seniors, uh, Carlos Tellez and Umar Farouk Osman, uh, and a sophomore, Ryan Schultz. Um, first of all, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, and coach, I'll start with you. I know you guys were up and going, um, and there was, or we're in the middle of a pause right now. How has this affected you guys, and how are you handling uh, the situation that you guys are currently in? Yeah, we're handling it uh, as best as we can. We we have prepared our guys since last summer that uh, there could be pauses, there could be breaks. It's probably inevitable based on looking at the media, looking at other teams trying to make it happen, other soccer teams that tried to play this fall, uh, things that are worldwide. So we're, you know, we've educated our guys to be prepared and ready for 
anything at a moment's notice and and just to pivot when we need to and and this obviously came up at a uh, a weird time but but certainly much more difficult for teams that are already in season going kind of in the midst of it and to take a break uh, is a little different but for us we haven't begun yet but we'll we'll get back to it and have a shorter preseason than normal and hopefully we have an opportunity to compete. Umar I'll, I'll jump to you next since you're one of the team's captains how big of a challenge has this been for you as a leader on this team to rally the troops, keep everybody pointed in the right direction and, and just, and manage everything that you have have going up on campus as well. Um, it's been, it's been tough, honestly, but I, I think um, um, our team is doing a good job handling the situation, especially senior class, because um, we came in um, um, motivated to have a season, but um, at the same time, like the health um, of the general public, like surpasses like um, sports. So right now, which it's just like a bump in the road, but we're motivated, excited for um, what's to come. So we're looking forward to having a season, hopefully. And one of the things that uh, is going on right now, the month of February is Black History Month. And um, we ha- have you guys here to talk about some of the things that you guys are doing and experiencing uh, in the athletic department, on campus, in Ann Arbor, around the country, uh, and in the world that we live in right now. And uh, uh, Coach Daly, I know that Last was it last August or September? You had given your um, student athletes uh, a questionnaire. Um, what were some of the the things that you had asked them, and, and what were some of the things that you found out from your from your student athletes? Well, actually, the process started for us as a as a group or as a team in June of last year. When we were off in the summer, we periodically uh, met with the team throughout uh, our break, um, and during that time. Uh, you know, the unfortunate incidents of social unrest in the country. And we, we basically said internally within our staff, you know, not to impose, you know, my will on the team or my, uh, my thoughts on the team. We wanted to get an idea of what the priorities were that lied within our group. Uh, so what we did is we, we gave them a survey of a, a multitude of things that they could, they could choose from and things that we could discuss. That slowly or quickly, I should say, actually evolved into uh, what we dubbed or or created as Social Justice 101, a foundational kind of informational uh, system for us to have conversation through Zoom uh, on certain topics. Uh, We started it as staff-led, and we've tried to grow it to player-led with assignments and and those type of things. So, you know, the things we, we put on the survey were like climate change, racial equality, LGBTQ, um, immigration, gun violence, homelessness, uh, voter suppression. So we put a whole list of things down there and anything else that might uh, be of genuine interest for us to discuss amongst the group. Uh, and based on the survey results, we started from there as the beginning and we're, we're slowly evolving and growing as the year goes on. And we're meeting once a month, so four times in the fall we met and we're meeting once a month in the spring was important for me uh, based on everything that was going on in the world that we didn't just have one conversation or one zoom and say, we did our part, you know, and educating each other and and educating um, more, more than that, educating each other um, and educating ourselves. But the reality is that we wanted to make it a fabric of our culture as a staff. uh, And we decided that social justice one-on-one class as part of the culture of the staff would be, uh, a good thing to do uh, for their development. 
What have you seen in the response of your student athletes just in regards to their involvement, um, the buy-in and, and what it means to them? Yeah, it's been, it's been tremendous to be fair. I'm sure they'll be able to tell you from their perspective, but you know, from, from my perspective, listening to their conversation, things that they've come back, things that they've kind of had those epiphany moments, you know, of what's, uh, what they didn't realize before, but what they do realize now, I think all those things have been tremendously helpful to our group. Cause in the end, the, the common language we wanted to speak was certainly solidarity, uh, equality, humanity, dignity, you know, all those type of things were uh, critically important to us to start the conversation. And then from there kind of branch off into these topics with those as the foundational pieces of what we discussed, but I think they've been incredibly engaging uh, and they've been very thoughtful uh, about the process so far. Carlos, you're a senior uh, from Miami, the, the SAC uh, president um, for the athletes. Um, what was the conversation like between you and, and your teammates when you got the, the, you know, the, the questionnaire, but also when you started the, the Social Justice 101? Yeah, I think the, the initiative was really uh, well well taken. So uh, we did receive that survey, and I thought that the results were overwhelmingly in the in the positive direction. You know, there was a lot of enthusiasm for this type of meetings, especially within the team. We know each other like the back of our hands on the field, and obviously off the field, we're, we're brothers as well. But having some of these more um, uncomfortable uh, conversations at times was really really interesting for us. And then I think you saw that was uh, that once we started the meetings. Uh, the appetite just grew for this. So a lot of what we did uh, with SAC last semester was obviously a big um, voter initiative, uh, which came from the Big Ten as well as Mich- us from Michigan. So voter registration and both education. So it kind of played um, very well hand in hand, both the social dis- justice meetings that we were having and then some of the events that we were having uh, through SAC about voter education and uh, registration and um I'm pretty sure that almost everyone that was voter eligible on the team uh, registered and voted, if not the vast majority. So that was also great to see. And Carlos, you mentioned that, you know, this team, and I've been a part of teams, we've all been a part of teams where you do know everybody so well. Was there a moment where you you saw somebody's perspective um, from, you know, their upbringing, where they were from, that you didn't necessarily no, or it just opened your eyes to a different perspective? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're a very diverse team uh, with, with student-athletes from all over the world, so we're kind of very lucky to have such diversity within the team. And then, um, but one of the things that the coaches kind of said as the principals to these meetings was being open-minded, and that kind of set the tone for, for all the meetings thereafter. So even I remember one incident over the summer where one of the players uh, – I mean, there's a lot of activity going on social media, and uh, we had a conversation about some of these trends, some of these hashtags going on, uh, and they kind of clarified some things for for players. And it was great to see. It could have been an instance where it could have take uh, gone down a negative path, you know, with uh, with frustration. But uh, instead, we approached it with a lot of patience, and uh, we came out of there as a better team, and we grew from it. And Ryan, I'm going to direct this one at you. You're younger. Um, obviously we've got a couple of seniors here and we've got coach, uh, with us, but what was it like being one of the young bucks on the team and, you know, be a part of the conversation? Was it more listening for, for you or how much were you involved in, in the, the back and forth of the conversation? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it was it was a lot of listening for sure. Um, I think also just my background as well. Obviously, um, you know, I come from uh, you know a white community predominantly, and so I think hearing these different perspectives for me was pretty eye opening. Um, so I think a lot of it was listening. Now, recently, we shifted more to player led um, discussions. So actually, the sophomore class opened up with a presentation on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, we basically discussed uh, his legacy, um, which was which was great. So that was something that I and the rest of the sophomore class led. Um, but prior to that, it was a lot of listening, a lot of digesting, um, internal conversations within our household, uh, which I think was was great. And I think for me, I was definitely uh, shocked at some of the stories that I heard from from different people, such as Coach. Uh, and some other teammates. And I think that was uh, great for me. And now I'm trying to be a part of the change and, and a part of educating the rest of our community and, and our group. So uh, we definitely did shift to more player-led uh, discussions. And Umar, you're from, from Ghana. Um, and I'm curious, soccer is obviously a very international sport. What was your perception of the conversations that were taking place from somebody that had come from uh, a different country? Um, yeah, just um, echoing what um, Ryan Short said we, we and, and what Carlos said, we all came from different backgrounds. And for me personally, um, I wasn't really thought um, Black, um, Black History Month growing up. So I mostly learned from um, reading books and um, things online. And I think having these like social justice classes really educated me and opened my eye to like reality. And um, some of the things I've learned from these classes are um, just, um, um, it's all about awareness, um, like what what needs to be done and what um, has um, has to be done to create changes. And, um, and also um, one thing I also learned was um, change starts with one person or like a team or an organization. And I think um, our team is doing a great job and we're taking great strides in like educating ourselves and about what's happening around the world, the racial injustices and discrimination happening around the world. And Coach Daly, I, I, I want to go back to you because not only are you the coach of this team, but you're a dad. What are the conversations that you're having with your players as well as with your children? Um, and how similar are they? Uh, very similar. I, I think that's where I started with the group. You know, when we, we started in June, it really talked about it was, it was a time to do some personal reflection. Uh, when you're when you're trying to grow a group, you, you think about them as family, as my, as my kids. There's somebody's Donovan or somebody Savannah. Those are my kids, you know. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, uh, it was critically important. The conversations didn't differ internally. Um, scary that I was, you know, talking to my 15 year old um, biracial son about, you know, he's about to get his license in a year from now, you know, and, and those type of things and educating him on what's to come and, and how to handle himself. And, uh, you know, those type of things are, are scary. And I don't think others ever think about things like that. So educating the group on that, if I, if I was ever stopped, I think that was something that I think shook the group a little bit, you know, from that standpoint, because I'm, you know, a coach, I'm mature, I'm older, I've experienced you, you know, as coaches, they seem stoic and kind of all put together, you know, you're coaching at Michigan, but Certainly everything uh, can affect you equally, you know, just, just as much. So I think from that standpoint, we started with some personal reflection. Then we went 
um, from there and educating the group like my kids on uh, systemic racism. Then we went from systemic racism to a really kind of higher level stuff for these guys, the 13th Amendment and, um, you know, prison uh, incarceration. Then we went to fo- voter suppression and rights. Um, and then, like Ryan said, we've shifted that um, to a point where the coaches really led the first semester. And now the second semester, each month, a class will lead a topic of one of the topics we laid out from the beginning. So, uh, you know, Ryan and his group decided to uh, combine two with Martin Luther King. Uh, the second group, the seniors are up next. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, the freshmen are up next and they're doing immigration. And then the seniors are, are coming. And then obviously the, uh, the juniors after that. So, you know, it's just been a, a great process internally in my household and educating myself. My kids have been interested. My kids watched the presentation that Ryan and the sophomores put on, which was great for them. So it's been uh, very much intertwined and intermingled amongst my household and, and my team. And, and Carlos, Umar, and Ryan, I want to get your take on this in just a minute. But coach, you've been doing this for a long time. You've coached a lot of teams. You've coached a lot of student athletes. And each year there are things that happen that, that brings a team together. And each team is unique. How has the events of this past season from the the pandemic um, to the social justice issues, how has it changed you as a coach and how has it, I don't know, maybe deepened the relationship that you have with your current team? Well, the the reality is if, if, you know, a lot of coaches, they wanted to coach pro, they would, they'd probably just go and coach pro, but you coach these young men because you want to be a part of the fabric of their upbringing. Um, you want them to be an ambassador of first their own family name in, in a positive connotation, uh, the University of Michigan uh, in a positive connotation, and certainly our team and our program. And I think these guys embody that in every single way from uh, solidarity to equality, how they treat each other at training. Yeah, they get after it. Yeah, we want to compete for a national championship. Yeah, we want to win the Big Ten coming up whenever we get a a shot at it. But in the end, once the whistle blows and we're walking off the field, they're brothers and there's conditional love there, right? It's not unconditional. You know, when you have a brother, it's conditional, you know, mom and dad, maybe it's a little unconditional, but with brothers, it's conditional. And I think these guys have put some conditions um, towards being a part of our brotherhood that everybody stands by and and sticks to. And and Carlos, I'll start with you as, as one of the players. Um, how has this, you know, brought the team together and how has it, how has it maybe changed the, the dynamic of how you talk to each other and how you interact with each other? Yeah, I think one thing that really hit home for for me and I think as well as other people is that there are just some, some things that are just much larger than sports, you know, and we've seen that too, uh, twice, uh, twofold with the pandemic and then with the social unrest of the past few months. So kind of how can you adapt to keep growing as a, as a person? You know, um, one of the things that we do here uh, that is ingrained in the culture of the team is that we want, uh, the coaches wants to develop as players, but then more importantly, they want, us to, they want us to develop as people as well. So having to find these conversations and, and social justice meetings were just kind of the, the tip of, of these conversations, you know. Um, but then one of the more interesting interactions for me was in preparation for these social justice meetings we had, let's say we had to watch the 13th documentary 
and watching that with my with my four or five roommates, how kind of how shocking some of those things were for us to learn. I mean, I remember looking some things up, but like, was that is that real? Um, was that actually a thing? We had to look it up, and then kind of led to more conversations in higher education. So uh, it's been an interesting season, just because we haven't had as much time on the field as we would have liked. But definitely, some of those relationships, some of those conversations that we've had off the field, have really um, grown us together as a family. And Umar, being one of the captains, um, I know what that responsibility means. And how has this how the interaction between your teammates with you, um, you know, how have you been able to manage that and lead them, um, obviously being uh, one of the leaders on the team? Um, um, for me personally, I think um, it's, it's important to like um, set good examples and be available um, for the younger guys if they have any questions. Um, and I feel like the younger guys have been doing a really good job reaching out to to, to me and like the older guys on the team um, for advice before they, they try to like um, put things on social media because at the end of the day, it's all about educating yourself and being smart about what you put on social media. And um, I feel like our team and the senior class, the older guys um, have done a really good job addressing those issues. And um, like Carlos just mentioned, um, I feel like having these like conversations and like having this um, social justice, talking about social justice issues kind of creates a sense of um, unity on the team because um, it's just important to like reflect and um and appreciate what um our ancestors did um and the struggles they've been through um, for us to be here today and also it kind of it's important for us to kind of reflect on what needs to be done to create changes now and in the future and i think um amongst our team we're doing a good job like having these like um uncomfortable conversations to educate ourselves moving forward and and ryan i'll take it in a little bit of a different direction for you your interactions with your team. We've heard from coach, we've heard from your teammates of how those have transformed when you're up on campus. And I know that you're a lot of times you're with your team, but how has hit maybe changed your perspective and how you interact with those that are outside your team and when you're up on campus? Well, I, I think it's a bit tough to answer that at the moment because, you know, we're obviously not in person classes right now. You mm-hmm. know, we, uh, most of our classes are virtual, but I think just in interacting with, with all my peers, um, outside of, outside of the team, I really just try to show uh, love and respect. Um, I think that's the, the big thing that we learned in presenting about MLK, for example, um, was that he was really just big on unity and, and love and respect to anybody that you meet. Um, and I think that's, those are some of the traits that I've really tried to, um, just show everybody else and anybody I come into contact with. John, I've been, I've been coaching for a few years now and it's, it's fun you ask that question because on a lot of teams that you coach, younger student athletes talk to the older student athletes about what time they got to get on the bus. What do I got to wear? You know, where are we getting our food? You know, those type of things. And now these guys are talking to each other about, you know, Ryan's talking to Umar about, you know, tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about where you come from. You know what I mean? Like that growth, of relationship is immense, you know, and I think that's part of this process. While these guys are going through uh, a social justice education, but I think getting to know each other and value each other for uh, where they come from, I think has been has been phenomenal too. I think, and I've learned some things from some of these guys as well, without without question or reservation. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess, coach. Then th- I guess that brings us to my one of my final questions is, you know, where do we go from here? 
Um, what's next? For us, uh, we, we started this process with um, an end game of, uh, not an end game, but certainly uh, a starting game of educating each other. That's got to be the first step of educating each other um, and also getting to a point um, internally within our group, like we talked about, of talking about equality, solidarity, fairness, dignity, like having that and then having that stem amongst our group outside of our group and then kind of move from one almost like, you know, unfortunately like a pandemic. Can we have a, a social uprising or pandemic in that sense where we are, are growing uh, exponentially, you know, with the things that we, with the things we want to do. So, um, and the things we want to express to each other, you know? So I think that's been certainly the start for us. Uh, we believe obviously some action items and, you know, a big action item for us in the fall was, uh, voting and making sure that our team was 100%, uh, but, we un but not more than just voting and just signing up, really educating on why we're voting, you know, who we're voting for, and not positioning ourselves to vote for anyone, and our group would tell you that. We're not positioning for anyone to vote for whom you want, but understand why you're voting and how the local voting and the national voting all works in that system. What a huge education for the group, you know, so I think those type of things have been uh, tremendous for our team. And you somewhat have been answering this question, all of you, you know, over the past 20 minutes that we've been talking, 25 minutes. But, um, Coach, I'll start with you, and then I want to move to, to your, your student-athletes. Um, I asked Ward Manuel, our athletic director, this question last week. Um, but for you guys and for Coach Daly, why is it important for you that we celebrate Black History Month? I think it's – a uh, celebration of diversity. Uh, it's a celebration of acknowledgement of a contribution that has uh, been distinctly um, prevalent um, to this country to some, but not apparent to others. And I think that's been, uh, and I think that's a, a big reason why I think others should understand and educate themselves that there's a big picture out there. And that's one component of it. And I think it's important that we all, uh, we all understand it as we grow. And Umar, um, like I mentioned, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right down the list. And since you're the captain, you're first up. Um, why is it important to you um, that we celebrate Black History Month? Um, for me, I think it's, it's when I think of Black History Month, I, I think about, uh, I think about a period of like reflection and also appreciation. And I think it's important for us to celebrate it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, I didn't really know a lot about um, Black History Month growing up. And so I feel like, um, and the problem is, um, I'm just going to speak generally, I think schools need to do like a better job. Um, with education of Black History Month. Um, Black History Month is really, it's really like not taught in most curriculums. And um, I feel like the the only history I personally learned in high school was um, um, the history of doc, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I feel like there's so many Black activists that we need to know about, just to name a few, like Rosa Parks, uh, Malcolm X, um, Harriet Tubman, just to name a few. And I feel like it is, it is really important for kids um, today and our youth today to like kind of learn about the Black History Month because kids today kind of like they, they they learn more and like they, they associate themselves with individuals that they can relate to. So I feel like learning, um, uh, learning about Black History Month like help kids to like stand up um, for racial injustices and um, 
and things that they see aren't right in the community. So I feel like it's important for us to learn those things if, if we want to make changes. And Carlos, um, I'll move down to you. Um, again, same question. Uh, why is it important that we celebrate Black History Month? Yeah, I think it is a. I think it's a great reminder of how far we've come, but also of how much more we have to go. You know, um, I think it's a it's a period of education. The whole month should be, and not to say that it's only the one month that you should be learning about some of these topics, but it's one month where you have events, you know, and days uh, honoring these these events in history and these people in history. You know, I remember a few a few years ago for Black History Month, I committed to reading uh, Malcolm X's biography, which for me was a great experience. You know, I thought he. I think he's one of the most biggest misunderstood people in, in history and a, I mean, a great story of personal development as well. So I think it's, it's a period where we can have some of these conversations, candid conversations with one another, as in what are you doing this month to, to learn about? Are you guys watching this documentary on the 13th? What are you reading? Um, and I think it's just going back to what I said about open-mindedness. It's one of those months where you're just uh, honestly looking for, for new information and like Farouk said, I think the, the education that we have in middle school and grade school isn't necessarily the best one educating about some of these thornier topics. So it's kind of a, a good period to go back uh, as a young adult and reflect on these things. Um, what what did I miss out on? You know, what events could they not have taught a, a younger child? But now I can truly understand. And Ryan, your perspective on, on celebrating uh, Black History Month? Yeah, I mean, I think echoing what everybody else said, um, I think it's just in a time for reflection and kind of just acknowledging the the leaders of the civil rights movement, as well as, you know, modern social movements as well. Um, I think that's really important. And I think Carlos and, and Umar touched on it really well, just the education piece. Um, I know, at least for me, growing up in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, the history that I was taught in, in my history classes was a lot different than the history I was taught at the University of Michigan. So I think being aware of that is really important. And um, I think this month is is great in terms of the, you know, learning about what truly happened and, and you know, what, you know, the social movements, um, I guess, why they're important, you know. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time uh, and fellas. Uh, and that uh, that's obviously Coach Shaka Daly, um, Senior and Captain Umar Farouk Osman, um, and Senior Carlos Tellez, as well as Sophomore Ryan Schultz. Um, I really appreciate your time and uh, and your thoughts and perspective on, on everything today. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as always, I want to say thanks to our, our fine young men and, uh, and head coach Shaka Daly for stopping by today. Um, as I mentioned in the open, we are going to focus a lot on MGO Blue Podcasts on Black History Month, why we celebrate it, and celebrate some of our athletes along the way. So stay tuned here all for the month of February on Conquering Heroes. Thanks for listening to Conquering Heroes with John Jansen. Conquering Heroes is part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network. M Go Blue Podcasts. The preceding is a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.
Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.